Good morning and Merry Christmas to you all today as we celebrate uh, our Christmas uh, service here on December 24th. We're glad you're all here with us and uh, thank you to the kids and to Annie and Ernest and their team for working hard to put that together with the kids and to uh, share that music with us. You know, when we think about welcoming someone into our lives or into our homes, different cultures around the world have different ways that they welcome people. But in every culture, in every situation, people uh, want to be received. They want to be, to be welcomed. If I go and I, I go to your house, uh, you may, to give a proper welcome, uh, you may want some time. You may want a phone call ahead of time so that you know I'm coming. So that you've got some time to, uh, to get the house ready, to prepare uh, the food, and just to, to make sure that I'm welcome. We all have different ways of welcoming people. In Zambia, where we served for a number of years, you could just drop in unannounced to someone. And it was, that was perfectly okay that you just dropped in. And uh, if you did that, you would often see in the background, you would see many things get set in motion because they would want to, uh, uh, to show you a proper welcome, to receive you well. People would start cooking or they, you'd see someone uh, go off in the back, uh, uh, go off and run off to, to go buy some, some snacks and some drinks so that you would feel, feel welcome when you were there. And so, in these different cultures, we all have different ways that uh, we can be uh, made welcome. That when we receive someone in our home, we make them feel welcome. When we look at the Christmas story here today for a few minutes, when we look at the Advent, the coming of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we see how He was welcomed into the lives of a few different people. Uh, right at the beginning of his life. And so the first one that we can look at is Mary. And Mary, Mary the mother of Jesus, she, the one who was to carry Jesus and to raise Him, she who in her person was full of trust, welcomed Jesus into her life in a very special and unique way. She welcomed Him into her womb into her very body herself. Mary, who was a virgin, had a visit from an angel who said to her, and we read about this in Luke chapter 1, verse 31, he said, you will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Now this, of course, didn't make a whole lot of sense to Mary because even though she was pledged to be married to Joseph, she was, you know, in a manner of speaking, she was engaged to to Joseph, she knew she was still a virgin. And so how is she going to have a child? And so she had to ask, how is this going to happen? And the answer is in Luke 1.35. The angel answers her. He says, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Now we need to stop and think Mary must have been a very very special young lady. First of all, she gets a visit from an angel. And this troubles her, as it should. Anytime an angel comes and visits you, it should be a little bit troubling that God has taken the time and God has sent a special messenger to come and speak to you. If you ever have that, you need to stop and pay attention. 
Because God has different ways of getting our attention and different ways of speaking to us. But if He sends an angel, you need to stop what you're doing and listen carefully. Because God has something important to tell you when He sends an angel. And so, Mary has a visit from an angel. And even though she's bothered by this, and it troub- the Bible says it troubles her, she has the presence of mind in that visitation to ask some good questions. Some of us have trouble uh, asking good questions. And, and our brains just don't work that quickly. Sometimes when I go to the coffee shop and ask for a coffee, and if they ask something unusual, I have trouble answering because it's like, what, you're, what are you asking me? What's going on here? You're not, this isn't the usual thing. And, and you just stand there kind of stunned. But Mary is processing all of this, this visit from an angel, these words that are surprising her that she's going to have a baby when she is still a virgin. And she asks this good question. She gets all the information she needs. The angel tells her how this is going to happen. And she replies in Luke chapter 1, verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to, be, to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Now most of us, if we're confronted with this sort of thing, we might think, well, give me a couple days to think about it. Let me consider whether this is really something I want to engage in. And perhaps it was that an angelic visit is something that persuaded her not to hesitate, that she was just willing to do this. She understood who this angel visitor was. And it was God really telling her what was going to happen. It wasn't really that she had a choice. And maybe in our lives too, if we had an angel come and visit us and make this kind of announcement, we wouldn't uh, consider saying no to this. I don't know. I've never seen an angel, so I don't know how exactly how I would respond, but we can see how Mary responds. And she welcomes Jesus into her womb and carries this baby Jesus for the next nine months. And then into her life and on into His life, he, she looks after Him uh, when He's a young boy. And as He grows up and we read, Not a lot, but a little bit about Jesus as a young boy. And Mary and Joseph are there as well. And maybe Mary is thinking that she will, uh, once he gets a little bit older, he will marry, settle down, start having kids, and then kind of uh, exit that stage of her life. But it doesn't turn out that way. And it turns out Mary is uh, alongside Jesus for the next 33 years. Because we read about his mother, Mary, being there at the cross when he's crucified. So Mary, Mary, she trusted this angel, this messenger, and she welcomed Jesus into her life. Sometimes for us, when God says, trust me, we just have to trust God. Maybe God is asking us to do something amazing, to do something remarkable, and we just have to trust that somehow this is all going to work out, that this is in God's plan, and we need to let Jesus into our life and trust God with that. The second person we read about trusting Jesus, or trusting God and, and accepting Jesus, is Joseph, who, really full of courage, a man full of courage, welcomes Jesus into his home. Joseph, though, needed a little help 
to welcome Jesus. Just like Mary needed a little word from God, Joseph needed one as well. And again, we know the story. It's the familiar Christmas story. Joseph was all set to marry Mary. But it turns out now she's pregnant. And that kind of uh, throws a spanner in the works. Mary presumably was pleading her innocence to him and saying some story. Uh, saying, no, no, I'm, I, I haven't been unfaithful. I haven't been with any man. But she tells some story about the Holy Spirit coming and visiting her. And an angel came and told her this was all okay. But we can track with Joseph that that might have been a little bit hard to swallow. These aren't things that happen regularly. And so the Bible says that he thought of divorce. Or really just calling the marriage off and saying, no, uh, Mary wasn't the, wasn't the person that I thought she was. And so, we won't get married. But Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 says, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. That's Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 25, or verse 20 to 25. Joseph was full of courage. He was given that word from the angel to do not be afraid. He was afraid to take Mary as his wife. It didn't seem right. It didn't seem proper to take Mary as his wife when she was pregnant and he knew he wasn't the father of that child. But Jesus, full of, or Joseph, full of courage, welcomed Jesus into his home. Everyone could see that Mary was pregnant. It's not something you can hide. It's not something that you can, uh, you can pretend isn't happening. And along with that, Mary is maintaining that she was a virgin. She hasn't been with a man. That this is a special baby. Joseph is saying it wasn't him that's the father. You can imagine people talking and saying, these two now, there's something odd about both of these ones. They're telling us this story. And so, Joseph could have easily done something else, but he had the courage to say, no, I know what's going on here. I too had a visit from an angel. I understand this situation. I'm going to take Mary as my wife. Joseph was a man full of courage. Do we need courage to invite Jesus into our lives? Sure we do. It's not easy to be a follower of Jesus in these days. It's not easy to be a committed disciple of the Messiah today at all. Jesus never said it was going to be easy. If we're imagining that being a follower of Jesus is going to be an easy thing to do, that we don't need courage to walk with Him day by day, we're not really listening to Jesus. If we really listen to Jesus, we would find that we will suffer alongside of Him, that we will struggle with Him. And so we need to have courage to stand up and say, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I'm going to do what God asks me to do. I volunteer at a hospice, and with medical assistance in dying coming in and being introduced into the hospices 
the hospices are wrestling with this. And it seems like we're going to have to offer that as part of hospice care. I'm going to have to stand up at some point and say, I can't go along with this. I resign. And I have to resign under the conviction of what I believe is right in this situation. It's not always easy being a follower of Jesus. Sometimes it takes courage. And sometimes it takes a lot of courage. The third one we see, and we've talked about him already today, is Simeon, who full of the Spirit welcomed Jesus into the temple. Simeon had been there at the temple waiting for Jesus, the consolation of Israel. And God had given him this remarkable promise that he would not see death. Simeon would not taste death. Simeon would not die until he had seen the Messiah. Now, he probably didn't fully understand what that Messiah meant, but he knew that was the promise that God had given him. So he was holding on to that. And when Jesus was taken to the temple by his mother and father on the eighth day to be circumcised, Luke 2, verse 27 to 30 tells us uh, about Simeon. And it says, Simeon was moved by the Spirit. He went into the temple court. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. That's Luke chapter 2, verse 25 to 30. It wasn't in his own knowledge or his own wisdom that Simeon knew that Jesus was the one that he was waiting for. Jesus, as far as he could tell outwardly, here was a, a husband and wife coming in with an eight-day-old baby boy to the temple to do what was required. There was no way that Simeon could have known that this was the consolation of Israel except for the Spirit revealing it to him. And so Simeon, full of the Spirit of God, welcomes Jesus into the temple. He is so moved by this. He says, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. He is ready to die. He says, my life is at an end. The promise that God has given me has been fulfilled. My life is complete. And he, go, he, he can make that statement with joy. When we meet Jesus, we need the Spirit's help as well. When we want to welcome Him into our lives, we need the Spirit to help us do that just the way Simeon had the Spirit helping him. He was listening. He was aware of the Spirit. And he was, he was waiting for something to happen. When we think of Jesus and welcoming Him into our lives, we need to be listening to the Spirit. In John chapter 16, verse 8, Jesus tells us that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, convicts us of our guilt. Without that guilt, uh, without that guilt over sin, we wouldn't ever think we need a Savior. And so when we're ready to listen to the Spirit of God and be convicted of that guilt and that need for a Savior, that still small voice in our heart that says, you need a Savior, then we're ready to welcome Jesus into our lives. The fourth and the final one here is the Magi. The Magi welcomed Jesus into the world as a king. They had seen a star. Again, we know this story. We they had seen a star in the east and they knew, somehow they knew what it meant. And they had come, they had traveled to worship Jesus, the King of the Jews. 
they met King Herod on the way. And they told him that they were going to worship Jesus. Strange that these magi from a different part of the world would come and worship the Jewish king and would tell others why, what they're doing and why they're doing this. But they did, for whatever reason, they understood that this was someone to come and worship. And perhaps it was something, something as simple as uh, the king of the neighboring nation. And so they were making almost a political visit. But whatever it was, they made that effort. They brought the gifts and they laid them down at Jesus' feet. And as we read Matthew chapter 2, verse 10 to 12, we read their response. And it says, When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. They came and they worshipped this child Jesus. They bowed down before Him and they worshipped Him and they brought Him gifts. They welcomed Him into the world and into their lives as a King. Do we welcome Jesus into our life as a King? Or is Jesus just like a, a, a rescue service where when we get stranded, we go to Him and the rest of the time when life is going well, we forget about Him? That when we have a need, He's someone there that we call out to, that we look to to help us? Or is He really King, sovereign over all of our life? Christmas is a great time to take that step and acknowledge Jesus as the King the way the wise men did. To give over our whole life. To wake up every morning and say, God, use me for Your purpose today. Jesus, let me be Your hands and feet at work in the world today. That's what the magi seemed to do. They came and they worshipped Him as King. Now to be sure, just to acknowledge that not everybody welcomed Jesus. And that's true today. Not everybody welcomes Jesus into their lives and into their uh, daily routine. King Herod certainly wasn't pleased that another ki- to have another king around. He wasn't pleased to have Jesus come on the scene. And so he killed all the little boys to try and get rid of Jesus. Later on in Jesus' life, the chief priests and the elders of the the temple were not happy to have Jesus around either. And they made a plan that ultimately succeeded in getting rid of Jesus, at least for three days until He was resurrected. So Jesus wasn't always welcome, but Jesus is pretty sticky because He doesn't go away easily. You might as well welcome Him because He's not going to go away. He's still here. He's still around. And He's still active 2,000 years after His birth. And we praise God for that. Just ask all the political authorities over the years that have tried to get rid of Jesus out of various countries and nations around the world and see how easy it was to get rid of Jesus. It's not easy to get rid of Jesus at all. In fact, the harder you try to get rid of Him, it seems the harder He presses to be exactly where you don't want Him to be. And so we might as well welcome Him on this Christmas day. We might as well welcome Him into our lives because He's going to be around. So we see in the Christmas story, we see Jesus welcomed through trust, through courage, through the Spirit, and He was worshipped. Can we say in our lives, as as Mary did, I am the Lord's servant, Mary replied. 
may it be to me as you have said. Can we be that welcoming to Jesus? Can we welcome Jesus as King, as Lord, as Savior, Redeemer, brother, and friend into our lives? Do we welcome Him into our lives fully and completely? As we consider that question, you'll see in your sermon notes in the bulletin a a link to a website that gives a wonderful pamphlet called My Heart, Christ's Home, written by Robert Munger, who wrote on welcoming Jesus into your life. It wouldn't hurt to take time and read that over. It's about three or four pages long. And consider having that attitude of welcoming, of of saying to Jesus, you are welcome into my life. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for uh, sending Your Son Jesus into the world. Lord, help us to welcome Him into our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.